Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You see him come off the line of scrimmage with that little hop. Move off the line of scrimmage. Release off the line of scrimmage. Dick to the face mask as he's coming off the line of scrimmage. Watch him just slow play this off the line of scrimmage. It's all the release off the line of scrimmage. Yo, yo, what's going on, people? It's another episode of Off the Line Fantasy Football Podcast, episode 92. And on this episode, we're going to hit on everything, well, some things that hit, happened on week eight, leading ourselves into week nine, talking about some burning questions of games that we, we deem being, you know, worth talking about, including the Thursday night game. So, Ike, how you doing? Good, man. And just to kind of piggyback off that point, looking at the week nine slate, that's a bunch of ugly-ass games, man. Ugly-ass games. We got the Bears and the Saints. We got Buccaneers-Texans, not not as ugly. But then we got the Giants and the Raiders. Who wants to watch that or be a part of that game? Are you kidding me? Like, that is that is gross. That is, like, that is like mad gross, man. Um, but we, we got some Vikings-Falcons. Like, come on. Rams-Packers. Are you kidding me? Like, the, the Week 9 slate is pretty ugly. But... There are some four mark. There are four marquee games that we are mm-hmm. going to pinpoint here in a second. But coming out of week eight, man, the biggest thing that we want to briefly touch on was Kirk Cousins tearing his Achilles. And, you know, the replays, you know, they they, you know, they if you have a weak stomach, then especially if you've torn your Achilles like I have, huh. you immediately knew because I saw the replay and I texted my buddies in the group chat. I was like, oh, yeah, he tore his Achilles. It's over. It's you saw, that, you saw that ri- that ri- that ripple effect. Yeah, I saw the I saw his calf reverberate, and I knew it was yeah. like, yeah, he tore his Achilles. Your, your your calf is not supposed to do the Harlem Shake like that. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so like, it, it 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 it's bad. But man, he was balling. He was balling. He had like 270 yards, two touchdowns, basically yep. heading towards a career year, even without Justin Jefferson for the last couple of weeks, and. You know, the Vikings, he leaves the Vikings and they're four and four. They're still in the mix. They're still in the mix for a wild card spot. They did trade for Joshua Dobbs today for whatever that's worth. Probably not a lot. <laughs> and they're going to start the rookie Jaron Hall out of BYU this Sunday. And hopefully he doesn't sting up the joint. But I think they're, they have to start him because he's familiar with their system. He knows everything now. And then I think week 10 and onward, it's probably going to be Joshua Dobbs moving forward so what or, do you think or maybe or maybe nick mullins because i know he's on oh, IR. Yeah. that's right nick yeah. mullins is on ir but why why would you trade for joshua dobbs if you don't have any plans for him this year so yes yeah that 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 is a situation that a lot of people don't want any parts of but i mean they got some dope skill players hawk addison yeah does justin jefferson want to come back that remains to be seen that remains to be seen they say you know there was a there was a report earlier today that said he may be back sooner than later Mm. we'll take that with a grain of salt for now because it sounds good sounds yeah. good in theory but we'll we'll see we'll we'll let let's let's let the chips fall and let's see how jaron hall does in his first nfl start you know the vikings definitely think they're still in the mix 
you know, even after the Kirk Cousins injury. So that's why you make a move for a professional, well, quote unquote, professional backup in Joshua Dobbs. He's kind of he's been hit or miss, but I mean, he's had really some really good moments. So maybe they think they can in this offense, maybe they can still keep the the, the ship upright and, and try to make a push towards the playoffs. So I thought that was interesting. And I mean, that was the pretty much the that DPJ for whatever that's worth. I mean, he's just another guy that you know to go down deep down the field. You know, J Mo maybe just don't think he's ready. Watching him on Monday night, he just looked. He just, I don't know. He just looked like he ain't he hadn't played much football. It just looked really uncoordinated at times. Whenever they're throwing in the ball, it's 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 kind of it kind of sucks to see. So you, you don't make a move like this on, in, unless you're super confident in your receiving core, and that's a signal that they're not. Yeah. For whatever reason, Jameson Williams is just he's just not up to speed. He's just not up to speed. He he took an end around. Yeah, he got smashed by, yeah. by by Max Crosby, but man, his helmet flew off. He just looked like <laughs> that was like the first time he ever got a he got an NFL touch, and he just got got smoked. And yeah, now he's 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 not he's not the biggest guy, right? He's 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 pretty svelte for the most part, but man, like it. To your point, man, he just does not look does not does not look like he belongs on NFL field. Sometimes, I mean, yeah. I know his, his speed is 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 world class and he made that big play against Tampa Bay a couple of weeks ago. But man, whew. It's that. it's tough to see. And then he's not even getting snaps. He's not even getting that many snaps on top of that. So Yeah, the playing time is 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 yeah. He's not getting he's not getting that much PT either. So that there's there's a lot of concern with James and Williams and those of you that are holding him in Dynasty and those of you holding him in redraft. I mean he's I'm not I'm not gonna say I'm not gonna say the 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 the, the word that rhymes with roster clogger. But <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's not it's not it's not quite there yet. But you mean, uh, in redraft, he he's there. Oh, for sure in redraft. Yeah, yeah. You you don't mean he he should be on waivers. Let's be honest, he should be on waivers in in redraft. But but in dynasty, yeah. I mean, you can you can you can definitely hold he's, him. There's still time. There's still time for him to to kind of yeah. turn things around. But in redraft, like why why do you he, he the the Lions are on a bye week? Why why would you hold him through the bye week, especially exactly. after they made this move? Yeah, he he's droppable, and I think over the next couple of weeks we'll talk about more droppable players as we move on because there's there's certain players that people are holding on to that I'm seeing across leagues. I'm like, why is this guy still on your roster? You could have made moves, you could have made moves weeks ago, and you still got this guy on your roster. And you're still yeah. starting him. There's yeah. plenty of guys like that. We'll 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 definitely start to highlight some of those for you guys, and over the next couple of weeks, especially as we continue to have more and more bye weeks. Two more uh, two guys I want to talk about real quick that didn't get moved, but the fantasy community had hoping that hopefully hoping that one of them gets moved at least, but it was Judy and Sutton. Neither one of those guys got moved. Peyton kept telling us that they weren't interested in moving, but you know, thinking about your fantasy rosters and what you would want to see. We wanted to see one, at least one of them move. They ain't moving them. So whatever you think that's going to happen with Marvin Mims is probably not going to happen because again, another week of him getting what, 10 routes, if that 10% of the snap. So just another guy you can just go ahead and drop. Yeah. Like, it's not, let it's it not go. Happening. It's not happening. It's not happening. Let it go. Yeah. But on the, on the, on the flip side of that, um, you know, I, well, just c- kind of continuing on the same thing of wide receivers didn't get moved. Devontae Adams, mm. sadness, sadness. <laughs> he, he is a, a, essentially being held hostage in, in, in Las Vegas. 
he's being held hostage in Las Vegas. Like that game on Monday night was was horrific, and <laughs> I had to turn it off. Coincidentally, it was the night before Halloween, so go. <laughs> I had to turn it off. Jimmy G was god awful. Yeah, dude, couldn't Jimmy move. I, they didn't even complete a pass to wide receiver to halfway through the third quarter. Halfway through the third, first half, nothing. Like he he was he was missing wide receivers left and right. I think Devonte Adams he he missed Devonte Adams on a ninety eight yarder and then a sixty yarder. So <laughs> it, it it's. It's it's gross. It's uh it's it's sad times over there in Las Vegas, but what you know we're 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 not in sad times in Philadelphia though. It's Philadelphia not. seven and one, yeah. And there's there's a guy in Philadelphia, a wide receiver in Philadelphia that is um you know just just ripping the league up. He's ripping the league up. His name is Arthur Juan Brown, <laughs> otherwise known as AJ Brown. And let's go ahead and get to some of these burning questions for Week Nine. And, and you know the obviously the biggest game of the week is the Cowboys versus the Eagles. A.J. Brown, though, he's been on a tear. He's six straight games with over 125-plus yards receiving, which is his NFL record. And on the other side of that, the Dallas Cowboys defense, they've yet to allow a single 100-yard receiver or a single 100-yard rusher. So does that streak end? Does that streak end this week? Mm-hmm. What do you, Just quick thoughts on that really quick. Out. I want to say it, it ends, you know, because I'm a Cowboys fan, but I don't think it ends, man. I think he gets a lot of – he's getting a lot of targets, over 30%. I think he's almost almost 40% of the air yard share. We generally don't double wide receivers, so he's probably going to be one-on-one with, with Gilmore or Bland, and he might win 52 out of the – 52% of the time, but that 52% could be for 150 yards. So, I he can go over it. That's fine, but they ain't gonna beat us. We're gonna win. Yeah, you know what? I mean, he he can get his numbers. He can get all his. He, he's number two in the NFL on receiving yards. And one thing that people aren't really paying attention to, we're talking about Tyreek Hill and his quest for two thousand yards. AJ Brown is quietly on pace for two thousand yards. Yeah, quietly on quietly on pace. He's on pace for just shy one thousand one hundred one thousand nine hundred ninety five yards to be exact. That is that is his current seventeen game pace. And so he's having an historic season. And so with, when when dudes are just you know clicking on all cylinders and on a heater like this, it's really really hard to stop them. And you and, and whenever you know NFL records are headed in their direction, you know you just get the hell out of the way and just enjoy the show. And so I think AJ Brown will, will probably find a way to get his you know extending the streak to seven straight games. But it's going to be a really good game over you know overall. I mean both both offenses are you know they're they they've been. Clicking on all cylinders over the last couple of weeks, both top seven in EPA per play. Now, one thing that we do have to keep in mind is Jalen Hurts is dealing with a knee injury. I saw a report that he was getting extensive treatment after the game against Washington on his knee. And so they're putting they put it out there immediately after the game, it's like just in case he plays bad or he can't move <laughs> or he can't run. They they got they got the Jalen Hurts knee injury in the bag, right? But, but you could tell. But you could tell during that 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 Commanders game, he was definitely hobbled, and he, he didn't he didn't run the ball at all, except for, I mean a couple of times where he absolutely had to. Outside of that, he would just you know kind of shuffle the by a little bit of time and and get the ball out. And on top of that, they couldn't they struggled to run the ball, and that's probably in tune with him not being able to run. So you know the RPO wasn't really you know fooling that D line and in in the linebackers is. You no, know, as it usually does for for 
for weeks on, you know, when you played them week in, week out. Yeah, and then just one 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 quick note on the Cowboys side, Cowboys offense. We we saw CeeDee Lamb have a career game, 12 catches, 158 yards. But the run game, the run game has been a concern for the majority of the season. Tony Pollard, especially Tony Pollard, the way they're using him, the way they're running him. But Tony Pollard himself, he's not really breaking that many tackles. He's only forced he, he's forced one or less missed tackles in five of seven games this year versus, you know, five, you know, he, he versus, you know, uh, in 2022, five of 18 games, one or less forced missed tackles. So the other 13 games in 2022, he was forcing way more than, you know, the one way more than one uh, missed tackles. So it's just it's uh, it's 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 been tough sledding for Tony Pollard this year and. You know, I was telling some other people the other day that it could potentially have something to do with that tightrope surgery that he had in his ankle. No, don't, doesn't necessarily have the explosiveness that he that we would like to see. Um, even in a Monday night game a couple weeks ago, where he caught that pass over the middle, twenty twenty two, Tony Pollard would have taken that to the house, but he got he got tackled from behind. So he doesn't have doesn't have the doesn't have as as much long speed. Still has some speed, but not as much as he did in twenty twenty two. So there's we 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 want to see see it turn around for for Tony Pollard and even despite this I mean Tony Pollard is decent still decent in fantasy from a fantasy perspective even though he's gone 121 straight touches without a touchdown mm-hmm. so he hasn't scored since week one so I think he's you know with all the volume he's getting the opportunity he's getting you you would think at some point he's due but the Eagles the Eagles defense uh, Eagles defensive line really really good really really stout up front so this could be another game where Tony Pollard is not going to you know, return the you know return the value that we we, we thought he would. Yeah, just to go on to the point of him, he's RB fifteen despite of him not really being that good. He's in terms of expected fantasy points scored, he's supposed to be he's he's fifth in that, but he's fifteenth in actual fantasy points scored. He's he scored twenty four point twenty four points less than expected. So, I mean, <laughs> a lot of wasted opportunities. But he's he's getting a, he's getting a lot of opportunities, just not converting them, and it just kind of sucks to see for somebody that's, you know, looking to get a long term deal that's probably not going to happen uh, based on the performance. It kind of teams are probably just looking like, yeah, we can we can find anybody to do this. So yeah, so he's he's twenty seven. He'll be twenty seven this off season, and you know, there's no contract yet. So there's there there's there's that. Yeah. All right. So the next game I want to talk about is. 12 o'clock, we got Miami Dolphins heading to, to Arrowhead to play against those Kansas City Chiefs. Mm-mm, Kansas City. Mm-mm. It's not 12 o'clock. It's 8.30. It's in, it's in Frankfurt, Germany. Oh, yeah, you're right. It is the 8.30 a.m. game. 8.30 a.m. Yeah, all right. So 8.30 a.m. in Germany. We got the Tyreek Tyree Hill revenge game going against his old squad, the Chiefs. 51-point total. Kansas, Kansas City is, is favored by two and a half. Definitely bounce back spot for for Mahomes who played very poorly because he was he was sick and you could I mean he played like he was sick they just couldn't do anything and you know his wide receivers we already know how what kind of a struggle that's been for them this year and they were pretty much strapped up they couldn't really move the ball at all seat the, belt yeah <laughs> against that Broncos defense who's played better the last what three weeks now so but the question that I want to ask is. Can Miami's offense travel versus a good team? We've seen them, you know, the two times where they played teams over 500 versus the Bills and versus the Eagles, they struggled to put up points. They only put up 20 versus the Bills and 17 versus the Eagles. So tell me what your thoughts are about that. Give me one second. 
Yeah, well, the first thing I want to talk about is how how streaky Tua has Tua's been kind of streaky this year, believe it or not. I mean, he's had games where he was the QB1 overall, then the QB26, the QB2, the QB18, the QB13, the QB2, the QB21. I don't know where he finished last week. I think he was a top top seven QB against the, the Patriots, or at least in the top ten. But the bottom line is, it's like there's we we've we've seen Tua be really really good, and then we've seen him not, you know, you know not be really really good. So the question whether or not their 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 offense can travel, it it also has to start with their run game. Their run game has been kind of down the last couple of weeks. Raheem Mostert's only had you know 45 yards and then 46 yards the last couple of games. So they're not they haven't been running the ball really really well. But one thing that we can we we can uh, take as a positive is that the fact that they they had Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill go over 100 yards in the same game for the first time this season, and it seems like last year they were doing that pretty regularly. So this is kind of like the first time where we've seen them both you know go off at the same time. Now they just need their their run game to kind of get going to to get going again. I know Devon Achan is coming back over the next I think within the next couple of weeks when his IR stint is up. So but. It remains to see whether or not they can travel. I mean, it's, it's effectively a, a neutral, neutral site game, and so um, yeah, anything can happen once once you get to Europe and, and, and play ball. I mean, we we've seen these games go back and forth and super un, unpredictable. So, but I think Miami does have the pieces to to travel, but we kind of have to be mindful of how streaky Tua, Tua has been, and we 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 think we have an idea of what version of Tua we're gonna get. Right, because we we've, we've seen him be good more more often than not, but whenever if he's played good defenses, he's been a QB three, not even a QB two, a QB three. Yeah. And so um, that that's just that's just kind of one thing to kind of kind of keep in mind. Yeah, and this KC defense is pretty good. They're they're what fourth fifth lowest allowed points to quarterbacks at fourteen point four. So two are going to need to be up for this one versus this good defense. He's pretty much going to have his his two studs at wide receiver it should just be interesting on the KC and it, it could get a little spicy in terms of what we see with this offense. Because again, like you watched last week, they struggled to get open. And when they did, they were just dropping balls. We saw four, four wide receivers run at least 20 routes. We have receivers that led the, the room, this rookie that we've been talking about that was going to progressively finally. Be the guy. Yeah. Finally. 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 Yeah, enough. Enough with the Sky Moore. Enough with the Mark Rosales <laughs> handling. Enough with the Justin Watson. It is it, it is Rasheed Rice. Like he from from game one, from from week one, he showed us that he's he was going to be the best receiver on on the Kansas City Chiefs. But we were just we were hoping or wanting Sky Moore to happen so bad, and you know to a, to a lesser extent Justin Ross. And that's you know I I wanted mm. Justin Ross to happen, but it you know, that that's unfortunate it, that situation in and of itself is unfortunate but it's yeah, yeah. Rasheed Rice like thank you Kansas City for running him the, on the most routes thank you yeah you yeah. know it took you actually they weeks. didn't he was the second most you know who the first most was well in terms of wide receivers right no terms, wide receivers no he was second in wide receiver routes you know who the one was yeah it was MVS again mm-hmm he wow. ran two more routes he he ran two more routes than he did but well, he had one more target. target he got one more target he got one more target than MVS did. Well, she had five. MVS had four. Well, at uh, least he's getting. He, at least he's getting more targets. He's been getting more targets yeah. than MVS all season. So yeah, that, that's yeah. that's fine. But as long as that route participation keeps creeping up every single week, 
that's what we want to see. And that's the that's yeah. the that's the only other guy in Kansas City that you want from this passing attack outside of Travis Kelsey. And then obviously in the run game, you want you want Pacheco because yep. he's he's pretty much the he's he's taking seventy percent of the work in that backfield. Not much for McKinnon, not much for for Clyde Edwards, hilarious. And so it, it, <laughs> it's uh sh- shout out shout out Matt Kelly for that one because that that oh that one, my that god that one sticks with me. That one's hilarious. That that one's funny. That it's, yeah, ten ten out of ten for that one. Yeah, yeah. Sh- so shout out to Matt Kelly for that one. Um, yeah. So, but no, it, it is it is Pacheco on that. So there's there's three fantasy relevant players that you want in in this in this Kansas City offense. Yep. And then Kelsey, he has the number one tight end matchup for the week. So buckle up if you got him. Expect expect him to, to go crazy. But everything else in that offense is going to be a roller coaster ride. Except for we expect Rasheed Rice to get some work, but it's going to be definitely going to be a long day for the rest of those guys if you have to start them. It sucks if you. I mean, if you have to depend on like Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony, or or McCall, McCall Hardman, all, all those guys should not even be rostered. They should be on waivers. Like, yeah, they, they should. They, they should be on waivers. Sky Moore is not happening. Kadarius Tony's definitely not happening. MVS never happened. So he, <laughs> he, he, they they should not they should not even be rostered. Period. Yeah, they shouldn't be rostered. Period. All right, Facts. but anyways, next game. Next game, I want to discuss Seattle at Baltimore. Baltimore six point favorites at home. 43-point over-under. A couple things here with this game on the Seahawks side. DK Matthews underperforming in the touchdown department again. He's only two touchdowns in six games, and his expected touchdown his expected touchdowns is four. And in 2022, what one thing we talked about was you know he got a lot of it. he was second in red zone targets. Mm-hmm. He, he had he had a high, he had 140 141 targets. As a uh, as a whole in 2022, but he had only six touchdowns on ten and a half expected touchdowns, and so he he is basically picking up where he left off in 2022. But one encouraging sign, though, one encouraging sign was last week was his highest target share of the season at 38.9 percent. So it's one thing to potentially hang your hat on is that Geno Smith wants DK Metcalf to happen, and he targeted him early and often. Last year, even or last week, even though you know they 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 missed a lot of connections and things of that nature, but I, I don't want to see. Hopefully, this this can start turning around and we can we can start seeing them connect on some downfield, on some on, on some downfield shots because Tyler Lockett scored a touchdown last week. JSN Jackson Smith sure. Jigba scored a touchdown last week. Yep. Uh, even even Jake Bobo got a yep. rushing touchdown. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's eating except DK Metcalf. It's just it's <laughs> DK Metcalf fantasy manager. It's just you seeing all the seeing all these wide receivers get theirs, but except him. Yeah. And he, but I, I think it's a matter of time for him. He'll have a he'll have a boom week uh, sooner rather than later. But um on 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 the same topic or the same token like that uh Geno Smith and that same pat in the passing attack, Geno Smith is he's not getting away with it this year. He's nope. it, those, those turnovers are, are are coming are coming back to bite him because last year, especially during our offseason previews, one thing that we talked about, he had a great year. He had a great year in 22. But the one thing we talked about was that he was second in turnover worthy plays. He was second in turn, turnover worthy plays. And some of those are actually manifesting into actual turnovers. And he's already thrown six interceptions after throwing 11 all of last year. So he's he's starting to, in the end. He's only the QB 22 in fantasy. So. I've seen him a lot on a lot of waiver wires, 
in in across many leagues that I've had because he's he's just not that upside is just not not there, not where it needs to be because of those turnovers in the in the in, in those turnover worthy plays. And so and and he's got the Ravens this week and the Ravens they've made it pretty difficult on a lot of on opposing quarterbacks. You saw what they just did to Jared Goff two weeks ago. Joshua Dobbs had had some turnovers against them last week. And so Geno Smith and, and DK Metcalf, we want to see that connection happen. It may not happen this week, but following week, we 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 shall see because this this, this is a really, really tough matchup for that Seattle offense as a whole. Yeah, I definitely agree. We've seen this Baltimore defense, you know, starting to clamp down as as the weeks progress. And you know when it gets colder, that the the hits get a little bit harder, the quarterbacks you know, throw more ducks because it's colder and you see more people, you know, you know, getting ready to, you know, wanting to run the ball. Player that we've been seeing with Baltimore in the last couple of weeks, you know, scoring a lot of fantasy points on the ground is Gus Edwards. He's what scored 20, what, 21 points and then almost 30 points this past week with the three touchdowns versus Arizona, who was actually a, a decent run defense. But, you know, he, I, I don't know what to expect from this. I know he's, he's a little over than four yards per carry. Uh, past week was the highest carry, you know, total that he's had all season at 19. You know, they're progressing with him, but I don't know if I want to say that I would want to buy him because he's like one of those players where you would want. I feel like he's in that in that that void where he's almost better off being on your roster than trading and then with trading him away because of what you what you want to get back and what actually what you actually would get back he's almost worth more on your roster than not yeah and then uh, he's only getting less than 60 percent of the snaps right yeah like, like last week 57 percent, and then his target share he, they're not throwing him the ball they're not throwing him the ball at all like the last four games i think he has like a four percent target share and so he is not getting any work it's strictly it's the vast majority of his fantasy points are through are, are through the rushing game you know, he has 80% of the rushes of the last couple of games, and that led to a lot of fantasy points because of that. Po- you know, largely positive game scripts. And, and so just I, I would I would just kind of be careful with, you know, expecting significant fantasy production from Gus Edwards week after week because, you know, he's not playing that much that, that many of the snaps. And if he's not getting that much r- rushing attempts and he's playing less than 60% of the snaps, what if Justice Hill starts getting more work and he starts getting some, you know, some some looks around the goal line and obviously he's getting targeted in the passing game. So what if he starts cutting into that workload? Then you're really then you're really screwed. So I would just yep. kind of be careful with just expecting Gus Edwards to, to to be turning up like this every single week. Very true, because I mean, just last two weeks, Justice Hill has had at least a forty. He's been right under fifty percent in terms of the snap. So dangerous game to play. You know, with Gus Edwards, I, I wouldn't expect this being the new norm. But you know, if you had him in your lineup, I know I put him in the in the fire him up this past week. And if you did, hey, so all right, the last game I want to talk about, probably the best game on the slate is the Sunday night football. We got Buffalo at Cincinnati. Cincinnati home for just three points. So you know, the default forty eight and a half over under. The last time that this game was played in Cincinnati, we had the unfortunate incident with with uh, Hamlin. So you, we coming back to, you know, where you know where this commotion happened last year. Hoping that you know this doesn't happen again, but I know overall we're hoping for a good game. So my question to you is, 
the last time, but the last time these two these two teams played, they played in the playoffs in the snow, and you know we saw Cincinnati. I remember we watched that game together. We saw Cincinnati beat Buffalo. Buffalo couldn't move the ball at all, at all at home. So can Allen get, get digs the ball? Last time we saw them, four for thirty five on ten targets, and we saw Diggs get pissed off, and you know that's when the media started running wild about. You know their relationship and Diggs wanting to trade and all this other nonsense. So, what's your thoughts about Diggs getting the ball in this matchup? Now, Diggs is currently number two in expected fantasy points and is the wide receiver three overall. So he's going to get targeted early and often. I think, you know, especially the last game against the against the Buccaneers where he had nine catches for seventy yards on double digit targets. He's going to get peppered, you know, quite early and often. So I, I'm looking for a for a, a bounce back, at least against this particular team. <laughs> from from that from that uh from that Buffalo Bills offense, because especially now and now they have Dalton Kincaid that they can get the ball to they, uh, a, a much better tight end than than, than Dawson Knox back to back top seven tight end or back to back tight end seven weeks from Kincaid five yards sixty five yards a touchdown so he he is he is looking every bit at like that first round pick like they like they expected him to look. And so when Dawson Knox comes back off of IR, it, this is this is the Dalton Kincaid show in it from from a tight end perspective. So I, I like I like this offense overall, just kind of to, to kind of bounce back. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you that this offense should be should be a little more well equipped to go against the Cincinnati defense. I mean, the Cincinnati secondary is a whole pretty much a whole different batch than it was last year. We did see them put the clamps on San Francisco this past week, but I, I just think that the weapons that that Josh Allen has and Josh Allen as a player is just better than who they faced last week. So I definitely definitely expect Diggs to, to be eating. We could also talk about the the Buffalo Bills run game because we did see them sign Lenny Fournette this you know, early this week. To me, I don't think this really affects Cook. I think this is more detriment to Murray, if anything. They're kind of the same build, big big strong running backs. We've how many times did we see Murray get stuffed inside the five this past week? He, I don't know what I don't know what it is. This dude can't score, and he's getting all the opportunities. You might as well give it to Cooks if you're gonna watch this this guy lumber right into the back of his uh, lineman. He can't even push the the the, the crowd board anymore. So I really think this doesn't really affect Cook at all. Yeah, um, yeah. Conventional wisdom will suggest that, right? Because even even over the last couple of games. James Cook has gotten at least 73% of the rushing attempts, especially with Damian Harris on IR. So if we can see let's split with Latavius Murray, maybe he gets those goal line touches and Cook remains in the same role. You know, hopefully there's no no real impact to Cook. And hopefully he doesn't think that the thing the thing with Cook that people are frustrated with is his passing game usage, right? Yes. His yes. target share, his his target share over like the last like several games has been really low. But his route participation is still relatively in line with what it what it's been. So yep. um, you know, hopefully that'll correct itself at some point and he'll start getting getting more targets and getting more opportunities in the passing game. And we've seen and we see Latavius Murray even in on two two minute drill more or not. Now that's probably more so from a pass protection standpoint because he's a, he's a bigger back. And that, I think that's the only that's the only logic that would make sense. For him to be playing over James Cook in that role, but for the most part, I think when James Cook is 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 running routes, 
hopefully he can he can start getting more targets because I think they're gonna have to they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna have to pass the ball a lot more frequently and the pace that they ran with against the Buccaneers on Thursday night that's kind of a similar pace that they'll have to run with against Cincinnati because Cincinnati they've been clicking on all cylinders yep over the last three weeks especially Jamar Chase Joe Burrow looks super healthy now mm-hmm. he's moving he's moving with that calf like he's maneuvering in the pocket he's running he's scrambling. I think that touchdown pass to Tyler Boyd, he was he was he I think he he shed some tackles and then and then yep. hit Tyler Boyd for the touchdown. So that Bengals offense looks looks like they're like they're basically back for the most part. They they seem to yeah. be back. Yeah, and the and these two teams are are top four in pass rate over expected. The Bengals are number one in the past five weeks at pass rate over expected and, and Buffalo's number four. So like you said, I expect a lot of passing happening in this game. So Hopefully you got those those wide receivers in your lineups because they should be getting they should be getting some fantasy points on your teams. Um, can't think of anything else like on the on the Bengals side. I, I think the really the the glaring thing is is T Higgins. He's you know he's seen the targets but just not amounting to anything. He's one of those guys just like Metcalf where you know they're getting opportunities just just not it's just not you know fully going to the capabilities that or the fully expected points that it should be having. It hasn't gotten there yet, but I think they're close, especially with him being healthy. So I, I you should definitely reap some rewards if you get him in your lines. If you trade for him, I'm sure I'm sure some owners are kind of low on him right now. Let's see if you can, you know, try to make some moves and, and try to get him on your roster. Yeah, buy buy the Bengals. Just I mean, in short, buy the Bengals. I mean, T. Higgins target share last game was I think around close to twenty percent, which is decent for number two receiver, but I mean it by the Bengals, Jamar Chase, I would buy high on him because he's about to take off again. Mm. He had he had ten catches, hundred yards, and a touchdown against the 49ers defense. So yeah, he's he he's he's a he's the PPR wide receiver five on the season after a slow start. Yeah, buy it's wheels up for the Bengals. Wheels mm. up for the Bengals. Yep, and to stay on this on this game as we talk about favorable matchups and, and unfavorable matchups, we're going back to the tight end, Dalton Kincaid versus the Bengals. The Bengals defense is a tight end funnel, something that's been you know prevalent the last few years with this defense. They have allowed the most fantasy points per game to the tight end at 15.7, 80% catch rate, which is second highest. Also, Dalton Kincaid has the second best rated matchup per PFF. So start them in your lineups. And then you just saw what you just saw what George Kill did to him. Nine for what one one twenty something, I believe. One fifty. One twenty eight. Oh, 150. Well, never mind. Let me not short his numbers, man. So yeah. just, just, just know that Dalton Kincaid can, you know, probably get something like that too going. So yeah, you get a real matchup. Yeah, and one of the one of the uglier games on the slate that we're that we neglected to talk about the you know we have Jonathan Taylor versus the versus the Panthers uh, rush defense. Now he's been getting closer and closer to a full workload as the weeks progress. This past week in week eight, sixty one percent snaps versus Zach Moss's thirty nine percent snaps. And the Carolina, you know, Carolina, the second best matchup for running backs in fantasy. So Jonathan Taylor should, should see, see work early and often. You saw what he was doing early in the game against the Saints. Uh, you know, he had 11 carries for 94 yards, but only had one touch in the second half or two touches in the second half. Um, and that was probably uh, more so related to game script because he still outsnapped Zach Moss in the second half. So he's in for a big, for a pretty big game. And. If you're taking prop bets, I would I would bet the Jonathan Taylor overs 
this this uh, this this week, especially especially rushing yards. There, he's going to absolutely smash Carolina this week. All right, and the unfavorable matchup I want to talk about real quick is the Chargers wide receivers versus the Jets. The Jets have allowed twenty one point seven fantasy points per game, which is the lowest in the league, and sixteen point eight in the last two weeks. So the only what you got Keenan Allen and. Uh, they're definitely gonna have to depend on on QJ if if Palmer can't go. I know he's dealing with a knee issue. Well, you got what Darius Davis, and yeah, uh, I would be wary about starting anybody outside of Keenan in this matchup. Is is it, it might be tough sledding for for these wide receivers this week? Yeah, that's another game that I don't. I mean, I I don't I don't want to look at <laughs> the ants on Monday night. It's in prime times, a standalone game. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, normally I like to do like the, I like to do these, these these same game prop parlays, but I'm not even I'm probably not even gonna touch that game because ugh. Mm-hmm. Got we on the on the Jet side, we just have Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson. That's it. That's that, that's the only two people you want to start. So gonna be a low scoring game. So, but anyways, speaking of the low scoring game, we gotta discuss Thursday night mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. Steelers. 36 and a half point total. Steelers Ugh. favored by three at home. First on the Tennessee side, we saw some offense. We, yeah. saw, we saw an offensive explosion from the Titans. Mm. And it's because they changed quarterbacks. <laughs> and Will Levis with QB6 overall in his NFL debut 239 yards, four touchdowns. Now it goes without saying, you're not going to get four touchdowns every single week. But I was impressed with all of the downfield shots that they had. They kept throwing the ball downfield, like just shot play after shot play after shot play. Like it was just, I mean, it, granted, it's probably an unsustainable way of playing quarterback in the NFL, but the was able to do it. And especially with that receiving core, where, Tra- where Traylon Burks is probably your most talented receiver, and he got nothing. He did nothing. You saw three touchdowns from, to DeAndre Hopkins. You saw one deep touchdown to Nick Westbrook Akine. But I, but I, I was impressed with what I saw from Will Levis. He only took two sacks, and he dropped back 31 times. And normally, when you see rookies, you know, get thrusted, thrusted in there, get thrown into the fire, what do they do? Deer in the headlights, you know, deer in the headlights, hold the ball, take sacks, get stripped. But Will Levis was poised, and they had a they had a game plan for him. They felt like they could attack the Falcons downfield, and they 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 did it. They 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 did it successfully, and the, their opponent, the Steelers, while they get a ton of pressure on opposing quarterbacks, they also give up big plays. They also yep. give up big plays. They give up a lot of explosive plays. They're seventh in explosive play rate given up, so that there there could be some more opportunity, and maybe they can get Traylon Burks into that. You know, instead of not 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 instead of DeAndre Hopkins, but alongside DeAndre Hopkins. And so you know, DeAndre speaking of DeAndre Hopkins, he had. 34.8 fantasy points, but it's only expected to score nine. <laughs> 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 so that was <laughs> that. That is just like a a a a, a, a widely silly disparity <laughs> in expected fantasy points and in <laughs> in real fantasy points. So, um, but yeah, that's that's the biggest thing that I that I'm looking at in this game. Will let can can they can they continue to to, to dial up these these deep these deep passes against the Steelers. Yeah. And on the Pittsburgh side, it looks like Kenny Pick is expected to play, which is for fantasy owners that have Pickens or uh, Deontay, I'm sure they're very happy because I don't think you want to see 
Mitch Trubisky throwing the ball. We've seen enough of him in the Steelers uniform. Absolutely enough. Trying to throw to these targets. So Tennessee allows the sixth most catch rate, highest catch rate, and the sixth most fantasy points to wide receivers. And then the running backs can also eat because ten- cannot eat because Tennessee is definitely a pass funnel. They're one of the strongest, you know, run defense teams in the league. They allow just the eighth, just the eighth lowest fantasy points to running backs. So it is already questionable to start Najee and or Jalen Warren. But, you know, when you see guys, these guys are, you know, pretty much splitting the work down the middle. You got this even this past week, you got Najee Harris, you know, 50 percent of the rush attempts, 34 percent of the routes. No inside the five carries and 39% of two-minute offense. And you got Warren that took 36% of rush attempts, 44% of routes. Also, no inside the five runs and 61% of the two-minute offense. Like, it's like you don't know who, who's the guy. And it, But Warren has scored more fantasy points than to Najee Harris. But still, I, I don't know about depending on either one of these guys. These are, these are running back threes. So they're borderline startable in your lineups. Now, in terms of the wide receivers, George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, I mean, you've already seen Deontay since he's been back. He's had 26% and 35% target share, two games from the hamstring injury. So he's he's good to go. And then Pickens, I mean, you just see the connection between you know George Pickens and, and uh, Kenny Pickett when he needs a play. Somehow, some way, Pickens always ends up you know, making a big catch, hurtling over somebody, mossing somebody for a touchdown. So... And this past week, we saw, you know, Pickens, he could have had a really big game, but, you know, that game was really, 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 really sloppy, really wet. So I, I, I think I think Pittsburgh should be able to, to to get some work done on the receiving end. So these two wide receivers should score you some fantasy points for sure. Yeah, it, it's a good matchup for the Steelers, pat, you know, pass catchers against the Tennessee. They, it, it usually is. All right. Tennessee has, you know, early in the season, we were talking about Tennessee as being, you know, a team that we were targeting. We targeted them early in our in our yep. favorable matchups, you know, when they played the Chargers, when they played the Browns, you know, and those 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 got home. Right. Yep. And so this is probably another opportunity should Kenny Pickett. Now, he, he'll probably be limited because of his rib injury, but they, they said he's expected to play, he, you know, flak jacketed up and throw passes to George Pickens and Deontay Johnson. Now, a, a quick note about the, the last couple of games. The target share, George Pickens had like a 35% target share in, in the first game. And then this past week, it was a 35% target share for Deontay Johnson. So it kind of flipped yep. a little bit. So they'll probably be just kind of flipping back and forth. It, it, at least that's that's what it's trending to be. Because you don't have Allen Robinson. Cal, Calvin Austin's not involved. They don't have any other wide receiver there that you really want to you know that, that you'd even want to play, yeah. or that you even want to roster. Um, yeah. I know they have a, they have a tie, a backup tight end. You know Connor, Connor Hayward. Hayward. He's no. he's playing the majority of the snaps. I mean, if you if you're in a pinch at tight end, I mean he yeah, caught five, he caught five passes for what twenty four yards last game. Yep, pretty safe floor if he's going to get that kind of volume again. Yeah. Special short area, short area, and, and quick quick catches and stuff like that. But potentially, but that's about it. I mean. This this offense, this this Matt Canada offense continues to turn out yardage totals less than four hundred yards. 
the, I think it, I think it's, I think it's the 54th consecutive game that they haven't gained 400 yards of offense. And you can probably, you probably can probably notch this one as, as number 55. As number 55. Yeah. And so, but that, that's, that's basically it about this game. It's, it's a low scoring game. It's not going to be much points, many points nope. scored. You do have a lot of fantasy relevant players though. I mean, on the Tennessee side, you got, we didn't even talk about Derrick Henry or Trey, uh, or, or Tajay Spears. And so, I mean, Derrick Henry, he, he had a pretty good game last week. Week eight was only the third time this season where he got at least 60% of the rush uh, of the snaps and ran 45% of the routes. And so, I mean, mm. the, this is, it was, it was a season high for him and Tajay was 43% of the snaps and he's still getting his passing game usage. And he showed a little bit of explosive ability with some of the runs that he had in week eight. And so, yeah, it's fancy relevant players, but probably not going to produce that many points. The lowest total of the slate is this one, so I don't and, know. Man. You know what? At least, at least we get it out of the way. At least it's Thursday night. At least, at least we don't have to. Well, I, let, me, let me take that back because it's we're we're going to be subjected to it. It's going to be a standalone yep. game. <laughs> it's it kicks off week nine, right? being buried in between the Sunday slate because hey if, if it was buried in the Sunday slate we wouldn't have to pay attention to it we wouldn't have to mm. care about it just like the Giants game the Giants Jets game which is probably like one of the worst football games you've 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 ever seen in history actually probably one of the worst games you've ever seen 24 punts 454 they could line 434 on third downs like <laughs> I don't know I don't know if, I don't know if a game gets any worse than that like and, and and just just quick note, I don't even know why I even started talking about that game, but Darren Waller was the leading receiver for the Giants. Hey, but he uh, right, <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. De- like dead ass, like dead ass serious. But he got he was, hurt early. <laughs> he, he had one catch for four yards, and that turned out to be the lead. The he turned out to be the leading receiver in that game for the Giants because they threw yeah. for they threw for negative one passing yard. The entire the entire game. So, anyways, this game is not going to have much scoring. So, unfortunately, it's Thursday night, standalone game, and we'll be subjected to it. So, there it is. Yep, yep. As we said on the outset, this is one of the lower scoring out uh, slates of the of of the year, probably. A lot of lot of bad teams, but we at least we we had some good matches we could talk about. So, that is the end of the show. Tap into DestinationDevy.com where we have all our, all our different tools. I know Ray just launched the Trinity wide receiver tool where you can, you know, compare his his particular metrics that he likes to focus on when he's looking for a Trinity type wide receiver compared to, you know, KTC scoring compared to expected fantasy points scored. And I, I think it's a really good tool in terms of trying to really hone in on what wide receivers you, you could be looking to trade, to buy low on, to sell high on. So, Make sure you tap in with that. Make sure you tap into the website with everything that we have on there, all the articles that we drop on there for free. So make sure you tap into that. Follow us off the line FF on Twitter or X, whatever which one you call it. You can follow me at Fantasy Genes. That's G-E-N-E-S. You can follow Ike at just underscore Ike 09. You got anything else before we get up out of here? No, um, just pay attention to four games that we talked about because those are the ones that matter the most. <laughs> But no, uh, but no, I'm sure you guys have plenty of fantasy relevant players in across the other games. Bucks, Texans, they got, you know, they got Rashad White and, you know, we got CJ Stroud and Nico Collins. Like, there, there's some marquee players in a lot of these games. So, so good luck to you guys in week nine. 
Yeah, man. And we are recording this on a Tuesday night. So go Rangers. They're up 10-1 in the bottom of the fourth. Another road victory on on tap as we get closer to winning the World Series. So we'll holler at y'all. Peace out. Peace out.